This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio. The new AM740. From hockey to wrestling, football to golf, no sport left unturned. You're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. Neil, the boys are back. Let's talk sports. Good morning and welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto. I'm your host, Walter Rigabon. As usual, with me in studio, my co-host... Naz Marchese. Good morning, Naz. How Good are you? Good morning, Wally. Very well. How are you? I'm doing great. Finally got my power on at 10 o'clock last night. So uh, driving down the DVP, it's sunny this morning. It's a bright new world and uh, doing fantastic. It Thanks. was pretty bright in here earlier <laughs> on in the morning, wasn't it? Anyways, uh, in the studio this morning, uh, uh, a lot of testosterone flying around here just before the show started. We've got... Uh, Former uh, Toronto Maple Leaf uh, and Buffalo Sabre and Washington Capital, Lou Franceschetti. Good morning, Lou. Morning, Wally. Good morning, Naz. It's, uh, it's nice to see you got that Blue Jay hat on yeah. this morning. Talking <laughs> proud, right? And, and also, we welcome, uh, welcome back. Butch Carter's back. Good morning, Butch. How are you? Good morning, Walter. Good morning. Uh, we uh, just let our listeners go. We certainly had a, a lively conversation before the show started. So uh, without further ado, gentlemen... Uh, let's, uh, let's go toe to toe here, Butch, um, Raptors are down three games to zero. Uh, LeBron James last night, um, I don't even know how to describe how we finished that game. Uh, but we had an interesting conversation before the show started. Um, how do you, how do you even describe uh, what LeBron James did last night, you know, last last possession of the game, he takes the ball down the court, and off one leg on his wrong side, you get nothing but net. Game over. Uh, your your thoughts? Well, I mean, he he is in his mind. He's been in those kind of situations so many times. It's different for him than it is for other people because he doesn't have the anxiety going into it. But Cleveland had made the mistake. All they had to do was foul Toronto coming up the court. OG never gets the three, and they're up one. Toronto has no timeouts. So, you know, it ends up being drama-filled. Didn't have to be. Um, Lou and them made a mistake not fouling off the missed free throw. They should have fouled right away. They had a foul to give, actually, I think, so the game would have been over. But um, LeBron beat Indiana, you know, with you know a shot. He was magnificent in game two at the end, you know, really went to work making some great shots. So I think most of the people, um, it, it adds a chapter to the LeBron legacy, but, you know, he's a very, very good player. <laughs> That's the understatement of all time, Butch. Oh. <laughs> according, to, uh, according to one of the rating, uh, 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 one of those uh, uh, magazines that does ratings of the top basketball players in, in, uh, in history, they've got LeBron up to number two. It's like him and Michael are in the conversation now. You know, I, is there anybody you would consider would even get into that conversation top one or two? Well, you got Jabbar, you got Chamberlain, you got Magic. Yeah, I think 
I think well, Jerry West. I think there's two things you have to consider. I think Kareem is is the, the greatest athlete that I've ever seen. Seven two. You know, when you look at what he could do when he, as a freshman and sophomore at UCLA, his dominance. Um, Magic's career was cut short by his illness. So, but I think Magic has never been the score. Magic's what I would call the greatest counter I've ever seen. He could count possessions, knew who was scoring. But um, LeBron, for a kid who comes out of high school and takes on the NBA by storm, and I actually think what he's doing is really special. I think that the league is allowing defenders to put both hands on him all the time. It is wearing on him. I've never seen him so exhausted during timeouts on the sideline. Um, But, you know, I think the worst case is they've got an extra day of rest with the game being on Wednesday for him. It's great for him, but not good for the opponent. But these games where he's had just a day to rest in between, he's been extremely fatigued and has basically used his other guys to get him going. Uh, Naz and uh, Lou, obviously, you want to get you guys involved. Um, there's this, in you know, unfortunately, it seems like we're talking about the Raptors in the past tense, and the series isn't over. Well, but I, I can't see any, I can't see any scenario. It's it really has never happened in NBA history uh, that a team has come back. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Butch, from down three zero. Uh, and the Raptors up against Cleveland Cavaliers having lost, I can't, are we up to the, what, the last 9, 10, or 11 playoff games in a row against the Cavs? For them to reel off four straight, to me, you know, guys, we better go out and get some Lotto Max tickets. Uh, maybe we got a better shot at that, and I don't want to be flippant about it. Uh, I can't envision any scenario whatsoever that the Raps can come back and win four Four against uh, against the Cavs and Naz. I want to throw it over to you. We went into these playoffs. The Raptors were on top of the world, fifty nine victories, first time ever they finished first in in, in uh, their division. I mean, we were so optimistic. Toronto was. Uh, we were ready. Toronto was in a party mode. It was the Raptors. It was the Leafs. We was TFC. Uh, man, we've come crashing down. And what happened? Well, they, they faced LeBron James, who's the best player in the world, and uh, no, nobody has beaten him yet in the East. I can't see anybody still beating him in the East. I think they're going to the final. I don't know if they're going to beat Golden State or, or Houston, but uh, they, 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 match, they don't match up with LeBron. The only way to solve that situation is to sign him as a free agent over the, uh, over the winter or over the summer. <laughs> okay, that's and, uh, not going to I don't know happen. if that's ever yeah. possible. But. Lou, your, your perspective. I've always said to beat the best, or um, yeah, you, you've, you've more or less. Uh, they didn't address anything in the summer. They they didn't. Uh, they knew that LeBron destroyed him last year. It was more or less a situation where, if that if that is the the case, that uh, LeBron is the best player in the world, and he definitely is from what I've seen over the last what six seven years. Uh, it's just something that they haven't addressed uh, a situation where they can stop them. And right now, th- they shouldn't be down 3 nothing. I think the first game they should have actually won and maybe even had a chance of winning last night's game. But it's still, uh, it, I think it's in their heads right now. I went right through it uh, with uh, playing with the Washington Capitals in the early you, 80s. You know, Walter, I'd like to point out one thing, and it's, it relates to hockey. You have Sidney Crosby, you have LeBron James. It's like Sidney Crosby against Washington. Never count him out. Never count him out. And he always comes out on top. Except Why does that, that happen? Well, the, 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 well, Sidney Crosby right now is going toe-to-toe with uh, Alex Ovechkin. Uh, but, uh, and this, we're going to get back to this point. 
Um, we've talked about DeRozan. We've talked about Lowry being, they are they're supposedly the heart and soul of this team. They are the top echelon players, and we've chatted about it on this show numerous amount of times. I've never thought, I've never thought that Lowry and DeRozan, although really, really good basketball players, um, not, to me, not top 10 basketball players in the NBA. And I'm not so sure that's a criticism as more so than just an observation. And you're going to war against one of the great players of all time, and you don't have that horse. Um, is that the difference, Butch? Well, the difference is, and I've said it you know, on your show many a time, <clears throat> the Toronto Raptors, for whatever reason, for 20 years, have not been able to establish home court advantage. All right, so you win the 59, and you lose, you know, you lose your home court advantage first game, and they've repeatedly done it let, in this let, window of opportunity. I'm going to interrupt you there because I don't want to let this thought go by. The Raptors should have won Game One. They should have won Game One. They absolutely gave that game away. They win Game One. Is this a different series? If they, but they weren't prepared to win Game One. Valachunas is running around saying they can't guard me. They, they missed their last eleven <coughs> shots, but missed eleven, eleven shots. They okay, they, they should have won that game. I no, mean, they can't inbound the ball in two seconds after a timeout. Right? They shouldn't have even been in that position. But the issue, they shouldn't have been in that position. But the, that, issue, but the issue is at the end of the day. All right, what I saw on television was a coaching staff on the bench that was in chaos. I see a guy behind the bench is supposed to be sitting his ass down holding the whiteboard, talking to the players, all right? When you watch any other playoff game, you don't see four coaches standing around telling the head coach what to do, all right? If Casey's going to fail, let him fail on his own. All those guys are coming, standing up, doing what is unheard of in professional basketball. They're up off the bench, talking, trying to get themselves a head coaching job. They have a head coach. Let him make the decisions. He's the guy. He's done a, a awesome job at taking this team every year to being better and better. He bought into a philosophy in which he didn't understand, in my opinion. I haven't talked to Dwayne. But the issue at the end of the day is that Toronto has the same historical problem. Their, their supposedly all-stars have shrinkage in the playoffs of their efficiency. And it's because... Historically, they have not been able to guard a great wing player. Dwayne Wade, Paul George, Jimmy Butler, LeBron James. It's all been the same scenario. Don't give me the 59 wins. What is their efficiency against winning teams? They don't address it in practice. Because if practice is a reflection of what you carry over into the game, all right, having a five-second call, not having the ability to make free throws after you post up and say, hey, you know, they can't guard me, all right? Mentally, they are not there. And when you talk about Toronto, they say it's, you know, awesome atmosphere. Uh, Me and my son Josh went to game two. It is an unbelievable atmosphere compared to that building I walked in when we opened up against Vancouver. But at the end of the day, all right, it is not there. The attention to detail is not there. Game two is one because LeBron says, okay, you guys made shots the first game. All I want you to do, Corver, is back screen with love. Valashunas and whoever's guarding Corver, all right, they get seven points on three straight possessions that they shouldn't have because no communication. Their defense is on mute. How many times do you see Cleveland bring two offensive players together, 
all right, either a screen for LeBron, and the Toronto defenders are lost. Two guys are going with one guy, all right? That so, happened quite often. So if you're a defender, Lou, in hockey, what happens to the – what's a coach do if two guys continuously don't communicate? You're, you're lost, especially he, in the defensive zone. That's correct. So – so Le- LeBron's 14 assists are a direct reflection off of the lack of communication, all right? Which fundamentally, those, those assistant coaches, what in the hell were they doing in practice to get those guys to communicate so that this doesn't blow up on them? If you, let's, let's, Butch, you obviously are a bright basketball mind. You've coached in the NBA. Um, uh, you've played in the NBA against some of the great players of all time. Um, and this is, and, we're, and I'm, I, I, I've always thought Dwayne Casey's a really good coach. Uh, I've never, I've never thought that the, that the, 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 the players that were in place. Uh, I still don't think the Raptors are good enough talent-wise to compete with with the top echelon teams. But I may or may not be wrong. But uh, you're devising a game plan, and let's not second. We don't have to second guess Dwayne Casey. But over the course of history, uh, you want to take on LeBron James. You want to take on Michael Jordan. Uh, how do you stop these guys? What? What's? I mean, the only the only thing they think they tried a little bit differently in last. You have to. You know, you don't back off a player like that. Attack a player like that. Make them work. Like. Oh, well, the problem. The problem. You know, how do you? How do you? How do you even? You can't. I mean, like, you know, you can't obviously stop LeBron James. You can't do it. Um, how so, do you slow him so, down so, a bit? So what, well, how do you so, how do you approach? So let's keep this real simple. Yeah. All right. You're going to play against all star players during the year. All right. It's a matter of your preparation, not what you do in the game. Your will to prepare will equal ten times the effects and efficiency in the game. What I see is a lack of will to prepare, because a simple transaction. You know, a roundabout, right? Absolutely, yep. People say they get lost in roundabouts. Well, that traffic jam that's being created on the basketball court is a roundabout. And the Raptors consistently are lost with two guys going to one guy. Consistently lost, all right? That is a lack of preparation. Or right? a lack of execution by the players. Well, but but the, I mean, but, it's but, easy to blame the coaches, but you know, you know, at what point in time do you say, you know what, they're not doing what they're told? Okay, Butch. they're not doing what they're told. Okay, so why are they not doing what they told? You'd, then it goes back to the coaches because the issue at the end of the day, all the players <laughs> are sponges. You have to decide how they absorb water, and you change to make sure they absorb as much water as possible. All right, you know, professional athletes, it's not a one-way street. Very few organizations have such hierarchy that it can be. Babcock may be one of the few in all sports. It goes back to the olden days when guys didn't have guaranteed contracts. You're talking about Lombardi, Tom Landry, all right, the great Pittsburgh teams. All right? So the reality of the end of the day is what I'm seeing is a lack of preparation. All right? Don't talk to me about seeing LeBron in the game. Corver's killing you. Love's killing you because you got midgets guarding him on game two and no adjustment. All right. The reality is that the lack of detail, all right, has been going on for a long time. All right. But everybody, you know, the East is poor. But Butch, Butch, that lack of detail got them fifty-nine wins. What, what goods are doing them now? <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> but it got them fifty-nine wins. So what? the The issue at the end of the day is that you know, 
teams are going to win games, and especially the way it is, teams are going to lose and go say they're going backward. We gotta we gotta go to break. Just before we go to break, uh, some, something striking about last night's game is that you know the Demar Derozan, who's you know your one two with Lowry, your leader on the team, he sits on the bench for the fourth quarter. Casey benches him. Uh, Lou, uh, you played professional sports. How does how do you if you're playing and how do you react to your top player sitting on the bench in one of the, in the most important game, the most important time of the season? Well, it, how does that affect the team? It just goes to show you that uh, Casey's out there to to win. He he knows that uh, certain players are got to be accountable. Um, obviously, the two main players on the the Raptors are Lowry and DeRozan. But when when one of your stars, uh, and it's not the first time that he's done it to either one of them, he sat him in the fourth quarter. Uh, it should be an eye opener to DeRozan. Now, how he reacts to it is going to be we'll find out the next time they play if he's going to come out. Uh, uh, with you know, with a little bit of uh, what we call, if I can say this, piss and vinegar. Um, but I'm not sure if DeRozan has that mentality. You know, he's he's too laid back. He he doesn't got he doesn't grab the the, the bull by the horn, so to speak, and say like Crosby, boys, jump on my back. I will carry you at all cost. I'm going to tell you to hold that thought, and uh, I want to come back to it because, Butch, I want to get your reaction, and Naz, I want to get your reaction. Uh, but it's time for our first break, and uh, as soon as we'll come back from break, we'll carry on with this discussion. It was a rainy day in Pizzaville when I travelled to Italy to explore my Italian heritage. I'm in Modena, birthplace of Pavarotti. When I knocked on my cousin's door, he opened it and said... My long-lost cousin, you finally come home. You must now marry my neighbor's sister. I said I had to get something in the car and never went back. Pizzaville Stone-Baked Pizza. Fiercely Canadian. Authentically Italian. There's an old saying. Entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. Steel's Paint in Woodbridge, an enormous 20,000-square-foot superstore that carries nothing but the best. Superior staff, superior advice, superior selection, superior everything. When you have a really tough job to do, they can knock it down to size. They'll show you how to get it done right, and because they only sell the best of everything, you'll get it done to last. That means superior satisfaction. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge. The best. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Vaughn. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada. And the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com, or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. Are they ever wrong about sports? I can answer that in two words. Impossible. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. 
Good morning. Welcome back to the Nazawali Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto on the new AM740, simulcasting in downtown Toronto on 96.7 FM, and on the internet, live video streaming at www.zoomerradio.ca. In the house today with, uh, with Naz and myself, uh, Butch Carter and Lou Franceschetti in the topic of discussion this morning. Obviously, uh, is uh, the Raptors are the chief focus of what we've been talking about. And when we left, uh, before we went to break, uh, we were talking about DeMar DeRozan. Um, and uh, some interesting comments you made, Butch, during the break. Um, what happened to DeMar's game? Uh, he, he's, he's looked, he's obviously not playing his game Um and was that something that Cleveland took away with them? And, and one other interesting uh, question I would have for you: uh, What was his body language like when he was sitting on the bench? He looked he looked like he was disengaged. Uh, well, he, pro- he probably was disengaged. I think it's disheartening. I think um, I think Demar Derozan has been the greatest Raptor from the standpoint of his commitment to the city and the team. He's he's not wavered. You know, when he could have looked around and went other places, he's been very loyal to the organization. And it's disappointing for him with his love for basketball and what it's meant to his life for him and his family. I imagine he was extremely disappointed. Um, like, I believe the DeMar we need to see in game four is the old DeMar. You know, make a ton of mid-range jump shots. Because here's the problem. The analytics guys say, oh, make a three and make a layup. But it destroys the confidence of young people when they can't make the long shot and they can't get the official to blow a whistle. And history has shown in the playoffs that the officials, even though they are to the benefit of DeMar during the regular season, it grossly degenerates in the playoffs. So we just need him to make shots, make pull up, make a bank shot, pull up, make a free throw line, so that he gets some momentum, all right? Because confidence for any player in any sport, there's nothing like when Mo jumps in your uniform with you. And that momentum allows you to overcome you know, some things you do bad. And right now, you know, the, the what I struggle with is the new offense. You know, everybody's going to share the ball. Well, Kyle and DeMar don't know where they're going to get shots at every night. They have no idea that they'll get three shots from one spot. And before, DeMar knew he's going to get to the elbow free throw line. He was going to make a couple jumpers. Next, next time he's going to go there, he's going to shot fake. The guy was going to jump, and he was going to crack him, so he has to stay on the ground and go to the free throw line. So, Butch, do you think the change in offense has hurt the Raptors? It's hurt them for the playoffs. Yeah, I just wonder about that. Because their star guys can't start the game knowing, I got five shots this quarter. I got six shots this quarter. I know where the shots are coming from. Kyle Korver knows where he's going to get his shots more than the two All-Stars on the Raptors. Uh, before we, uh, I'm going to throw out another, uh, another uh, topic that uh, gets, the, uh, gets everybody going is referees. I just want to let our listeners know. We do have another $50 gift certificate from Pizzaville to give away on the show today. It's a, it's a great item. We gave it one away last week. Uh, $50 gift coupon at Pizzaville. We'll be giving the numbers out on that shortly after our second break. Uh, and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll chat a little bit more about that as well. Gentlemen, we, we were talking uh, off-air uh, about a topic that raises everybody's uh, blood pressure. Uh, and uh, we talked about referees in the NHL last Sunday and uh, some of the controversial calls and made the point, I always thought the referees in the NHL were the best referees in professional sport. And the one... one uh, 
area I've always criticized is the NBA referees. Um, there's been some interesting calls in this series. Um, the referees have come under a tremendous amount of criticism. Even last night, uh, Raptors general manager Masai Ujiri uh, was lambasting the referees as they were leaving the court uh, after the end of the first half, and Dwayne Casey's been pretty animated. Um, Lou, Naz, and then Butch, uh, let's, let's, let's run it around the table. Um, refereeing in this series and the NBA in general. Uh, start off with this series, Lou. Well, being an ex-player, I hate the referee to decide a championship game, and I think that's somewhere down the road that's what's exactly what's going to happen. You look at the Boston-Tampa game last night, that should have been a two-minute penalty on Kucherov. I don't know how he gets away with a, a call like that. Uh, I really hate it to be in the, uh, Cam Neely's shoes <laughs> because if he would have grabbed, if he could have grabbed that referee by the throat that night, he, he would have. It, it, it's just, you know, the, the players. We all work so hard to get to to get to the top to win a Stanley Cup, and then the referee makes a call like that. I'm not sure if the referees nowadays. I know you take games away and take bonuses away are held. Uh, to, to the to the extent well, they're graded. I mean, the NHL. I don't yeah, know about the NBA, but the NHL you know grades the referees, and depending on your grades, that determines your playoff. Okay, you know what, Wally? Put your wrist out here. Let me slap it. Go ahead. Okay, there you go. Yep. That's that's all they get. Okay, that's all they get. Um, I, I don't know if I've ever heard one time that the league has actually gone out and lambasted a referee. Come on, Lou. The league is not going to go lambaste its referees. Well, you know that. You know what, come for on. a call like that? I, I mean, what, yeah, hey, okay. What, what, what are you going to do with a championship game? Absolutely. Over it was a terrible championship call. game, that call is made and, in the offensive zone. And you know that the refs are graded after the game. Yes, and I know that. And that ref is, gonna, is yes. probably privately yes. Not, I wouldn't say he's going to get lambasted, You're but right. he's, it's going to be pointed out to him, and yes. that may affect yeah. a future assignment. Yeah, obviously, but the, down but the, the road. NHL or any professional yeah. league's not going to publicly badmouth their referees. One, one, at one, least hear about it. One thing would help is if the coach could challenge a call, a penalty. You know, if, if, co- if, coach, if, if a coach could challenge, you yeah, know, but well, that's a slippery slope. Uh, Butch, because uh, everything, we, we everything, have like, videotape. Like, you know what? We might as well get rid of all the referees yeah. and just watch the games on video, and yeah. the games will take seven hours to I, play. I think well, the I think the refs swallowed the whistle because of Marchand's uh, Marchand's antics during the whole game. I think I really do think they that was in the back of their mind. But because you, this guy, this guy has been getting away with this crap for a long time, right? But on that specific point, I want, and I want to go back to you. I do want to talk to Butch because you've got some strong opinions about the referees in last night's game and and overall in the NBA. But on the Marshawn thing, uh, I mean, I, I don't know what's going through this kid's head, uh, but Lou, in your day, he would have done that once. <laughs> And he never would have done it again. Correct. Right? You're, you're, you're absolutely right. Okay? Because if Marshawn ever had have done anything like that to you, uh, he may, you know, he may have been watching the rest of the game from the dressing room. I, I can't imagine. I can't. I mean, is that what the NHL has become? I mean, a guy goes and licks you in the face, and you just like you smile at him. Do you, I mean, do you really, like, really want to go more in depth on this <laughs> on, on the state of hockey? Like you would have beat the living crap yeah, out of him. Is that even that? All you got to do is get your stick up right under his chin and cut half of it. T- like, his I, tongue I, off. I don't know. I mean, I, I I know that you know that injuries is a big it's a big thing in the NHL, and we're all opposed to head injuries, and we're all opposed to fighting. 
and we're all opposed to the nonsense. But, you know, you're going to go lick another guy in the face and you're not going to pound the living daylights out of him? Really? Walter, that's where the state of the National Hockey League is right now. We should be talking about the game. Instead, we're talking about Marshawn with his tongue. Low, <laughs> low bridging. How about the low bridging? Well, Imagine if he I if he done that to Mar, uh, to, Wayne, uh, to Mark Messier, if he low bridged him. That's we're talking happened. about the you referees mean, instead you of the can't game. Settle stuff the way you, you know. Anyways, Butcher, but, but sorry, this guy ahead, would have been yes. stupid enough to do that back then. Marchand is not a smart player at all. And well, I, I think he's a smart hockey player. Wow. He just he can't, he can't control well, his antics. Yeah, yeah. But, the, but the the issue in the old days. In practice, the older guys would have got him straight. Oh, I think yeah. Chara said something yeah. to him on the bench. Yeah, but the, the old the old guys would have got it straight yeah. right in practice. Say like, "Look, kid, you're embarrassing the you, team." You, no, you don't get to do this. Yeah, yeah. right. But it, it, again, Butch, it's the mentality of sports in general in this era. But it's let me let me. This is what I had to grow up to. I grew up wanting to play sports to win. It was a way for a new path for me. All right. Sports isn't about sports. It's about the business. The business affects more than the actual will to win a game. And that's what you have to think about. And it's for a fan to be mature about it, you're going to see things in your sport that never would have happened before because it's more important on the business side. All right? Marshan licking someone has probably gotten millions of retweets on social media. It sure has. Right? In which the NHL is going to make money off of, right? So I think it's embarrassing. I, I I don't see it is embarrassing. I, I, no, I I got to disagree with you from this perspective. Uh, yeah, I mean it gets a zillion hits in social media. Uh, maybe it's our generation. I, I mean I don't know how the le- you know younger generation sees this. I got to think everybody sees this as silly and stupid and offensive. And does this make the NHL look better or sell more tickets? I don't see that, Butch. It brings. A I young, see it as embarrassing. It brings a younger. You don't have Instagram, do you? You're uh, not on Instagram, are you? I do, but I rarely use it. <laughs> okay, so I rarely it, use it. It brings a younger generation of fans to to into the business of hockey, in which all sports are concerned with. And so, social media is that. Like one of the most successful things is the Leafs in five five seconds. So on social media, you can recapture. All right, the cameras are in the building. All right, the Golden State Warriors are the most successful digital team in the world because all of they've got the cameras in, and the cameras pull an eight-second cut, and it's artificial intelligence, machine learning. So every time Steph Curry makes a three, it's going to China. All right, and Durant—they've got it all pre-programmed. So it brings—that's why they don't worry about the seats being empty because the the revenue on the non-seats globally far exceeds the old thing of sports and you know the atmosphere why do you think they can put all that money in when you go in and watch the Leafs the Raptors play in that building you know again I I was sat there for game two and I marveled at what this thing has become on outside of the game it's so much bigger and so um, again why are you talking about an official you should have been talking about the penalty in the offensive zone Marshawn shouldn't even be coming up all right. You're absolutely right. And again, he does it because he's going to get a lot of attention. Now, people, young kids that are watching hear about this. They watch the ESPN. So let's say, well, let's watch the game and see if he does it and who he does it to. Right. So it, it's just a revolving uh, wheel here that Marshawn is a 
as good as he is, he doesn't need those kind of antics. I, I, I'm, surpri- I'm surprised. I, I don't know if this has happened. I got to think, knowing Cam Neely, he's got to have gone down there and spun his head around a few times. Says, if you ever do this again, it's an embarrassment to the to the to the team, to the ownership, to the fans. Anyways, let, I'll let's tell you let, one thing. I think the guy's going to do it again. I really do. <laughs> He's that stupid. He's that stupid. He will do it again. You watch. Oh my! Well, this you know, time, this thing, time, this is, time at the he, NHL's he, gonna. He, they've he already told Colmar, him. He kisses Comer off in the playoffs, right in the first round. <laughs> and then he licks. Uh, who did he lick? Uh, I don't even know. It's Callahan. Callahan. Yeah, Callahan. Yeah. And he, they get no suspension. They get a warning. He should have a minimum. He should have got a ten minutes, you, minutes you, of misconduct. There, there you go. Yeah, exactly. Sportsmanlike conduct. You either give him a two. To put his team in the hole right. to come back, yeah. or give him a ten. You got to give him a penalty on the situation in the game. You got to right. give him a penalty. Right? Ten minute you, misconduct you, you minimum. The guy for doing so that. it's two minutes for, for what? Yeah. <laughs> so two minutes. Sportsmanlike. You get simple. Then ten minute misconduct for unsportsmanlike. Well, so you can do that. Yeah. Yeah. Either and, and then on top of that, throw a fine at him. At the end of the yeah, day, yeah, you got to throw. I mean, I, I think the NHL has had enough of it. So next time, but Butch, we we wanted to go. We hadn't finished talking about the referees because I know you were animated, and we had this discussion earlier. Um, uh, the, um, you know, I've always been of the uh, of the opinion that referees' calls they sort of even out. Uh, referees, as far as I can tell, they don't intentionally go out to uh, favor one team or the other. Uh, but do the Raptors have reason to be? Um, um, upset about the referee's performance in this series? Nope. Game one, Raps should have won the game. All right? Can't make last 13 shots. Can't make a shot to win the game. Can't Don't make the free throws they're supposed to make. Have the penalty on the side out of bounds. So that's really got nothing to do with the officials. All right? <clears throat> game two, you're at home. You're down one. You know, your effort and your knowledge have to match. And, you know, you let the game get so LeBron can put on a show. But up until that point, Corver and Love killed you, all right, because your inability to uh, your bigs to guard them correctly. So now you go small, and Kevin Love has a field day on C.J. Miles, DeMar DeRozan, all right? Game three, um, you know, what it boiled down to was uh, Toronto played behind for such a long period of time, and they're unforced turnovers kicking the ball off their foot, uh, dribbling off a teammate, stepping out of bounds. They're unforced turnovers. Um, you know, you have 100 possessions in a game. I think they had 16 or 17 turnovers. And I'd be willing to bet 12 or 13 of them were basically unforced, you know, self-inflicted. So they want to go over, you know, one call. The officials are trained to keep the game going. The NBA has learned through better knowledge when – too many free throws are shot, people change the channel. When you, people change the channel, up to 8 million people change the channel, which means those, they're not paying the fee to the sponsors for watching the game. The rule of verticality has nothing to do with... The rule of what? Rule of verticality. <laughs> What's the rule of ver- verticality? Keep the game going. Okay. All right? Oh, you went to the basket. Oh, he jumped straight up. All right? Well, then the one time it goes against them, but it's LeBron James. It's going to go against you. But again... Well, I have always said you have to be a possession counter in the NBA to win close games because if you're not, you're subject to an official doing something bad to you. Let me and there's you know we've uh, got to go to break shortly. We'll get I want to get this one out before we do. Um, 
a lot was made during the last month or month and a half of the season. Uh, obviously, the, the the who the Raptors were going to face in the first uh, in the first or second series or whatever. And obviously, the hope was that they weren't going to they weren't going to get Cleveland till the till the finals. Uh, obviously, they got them in the second round. They would have preferred to get them later on. Um, how much of this is the? How much of this? What's going on is that Cleveland's just in the Raptors' heads. If Cleveland loses Game Seven against Indiana and Raptors have to meet Indiana or the Celtics, are we having a different discussion? You're having a different discussion because Paul George is gone from Indiana. I mean, you can go back eight, nine years. Raptors versus Miami with Dwayne Wade. Raptors versus Chicago with Jimmy Butler. Raptors versus Pacers with Paul George. All right? That's why Masai went out and got Damari Carroll. I got to get someone to guard these wing guys. All right? Their history against those those all-star wing players is really poor. I would be one to bet they've won less than 25% of the games. So, you know, uh, Paul Pearson, Boston. You, if you take their record against those, I mean, that's the true analytics, right? Not, oh, we won 59 games. Okay, so you cured a headache with an aspirin, all right? Now comes a migraine. Now what do you do on a migraine? And they've not been able to do anything because the approach, in my opinion, has been wrong. They've stabilized the franchise. They've leaps and bounds on everything they're doing, except accepting the true reality of there are players who are born different that play for the other teams and you got to go find you one that's born different to help Toronto Raptors win all the way to the end is that guy born different LeBron James <laughs> well I mean basically he's not going is. to Toronto I mean, so. I mean look look at the reality of what I said what LeBron did in game two how much money did he make for Nike <laughs> Every station in the world is rerunning all those LeBron shots, and that goes into a video library and that content. And then what he did yesterday, all right? So Nike's way ahead of it. They signed him to a deal, and they should have signed him to a deal because, again, as I always said, all right, I can take that 1980 Laker team that I got drafted to, and every day I found out that guys were born different. Like I told a guy the other day, you know, my off day in practice was Michael Cooper and Norm Nixon, right? That's never that's never easy. That was a great team. <laughs> oh, my God. Right? Yeah. That was a great and, team. And so these people trying to put teams together, they don't have a true benchmark of what a horse is, right? And I learned it from being with my brother Chris going to the NFL Combine. Man, there are cats who are born different. You say, hey, he's 320 pounds. Yeah, Bush, when he runs a four seven forty. Yeah, but the problem with those guys is they don't usually just show up at your doorstep. You got to you got to draft them. You got to draft them, you or gotta, you got to fight for them. I mean, and and free agency, you know, they're they're tough to you're tough to get one of those guys to come to Toronto on free agency. It's never happened, has it? Now let's bring up Alabama. When we talk about Alabama, where's that F- come from? Five star. That's exactly what we're talking about. Bringing in the five-star players, you're going against five-star players in practice, and they develop. You look at the, this year's draft, 12 guys got drafted. Five guys signed free agent an hour after they, the draft was over. The 2016 defense, every single player was drafted off that defense. So, so let's, let's and they've got the highest percent of five-star uh, players are getting drafted in the first round. I disagree with you, right? Guys don't come to Toronto 
because there's never been put a leadership team in place that could recruit players. Right? So why did I why did I come to Toronto and who am I talking to? All right? Just go down your list of GMs. None of them are recruiters. All right? Masai is the biggest alpha male they've ever hired. All right? But Masai is not an American. All right? So the reality is they have chose the path. All right? That suits them. And this and what suits them is not to get a recruiting recruiter guy in that position. And that's what they're going to deal with. So the players love Toronto. You can't tell me they don't love they love Toronto up and down, through and through. That's why DeMar's never left. The issue at the end of the day is that adults make decisions on their businesses and they're not informed, thoroughly informed, but they don't have a recruiter. Let me say one go more ahead, thing, I'll let you go. Yeah, right? no, go ahead. I watched a clip two months ago. Alabama just won the national championship. All right? Nick Saban is dancing with a recruit's parents <laughs> at a party. All right? He's doing the electric slide. All right? <laughs> do you think anyone at MLS he can do the electric slide? <laughs> right? Nick, Nick knows to hang those banners. All right? He needs a different kind of animal. All right? Well, you got it. You know what? The world comes down to salesmanship, doesn't it? When when I saw that, I had to actually get up, all right, and That's walk right. around my living room, all right. If you did, uh, if if you didn't love Nick Saban before watching that, it's four I, days I, after I, I winning the national t- championship. I got to tell you guys, I'm absolutely and utterly perplexed and flummoxed. Somehow we got, I don't know how we got into conversation about Alabama when we were talking about well, the Raptors. Well, you I mean, guys just threw me a, a curveball here that this, none of the Blue Jays starters have in their arsenal. Well, but the, the Blue the Blue Jays don't pitch. So. <laughs> That's a topic for that's a that's a topic we may get to after the break. Anyways, I think uh, I think we've talked uh, Raptors as much as we possibly can for today. I want to talk a little bit about the Leafs and maybe a little bit about the Jays when we come back from the break. And we when we do come back from the break, we do have a fifty dollar gift Pizzaville gift coupon that uh, we're going to get we're going to give away. I'm going to give out the numbers uh, as soon as we're back. It was a rainy day in Pizzaville when I travelled to Italy to explore my Italian heritage. I have family in Caprese, home of Michelangelo, who famously painted the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel. It took him four years. We must be distant relatives, because it took me almost as long to paint the ceiling of my garage. I'm sure he did a bunch of nudes, but I did two coats. Pizzaville Stone-Baked Pizza. Fiercely Canadian. Authentically Italian. At Titanium Logistics, we believe that choosing the right shipping company comes down to two issues, price and cost. Most prices are competitive, will likely save you money too, but the cost of choosing the wrong company to service your cross-border freight to and from the U.S. and Mexico can be extraordinary. If it's not where it should be, when it should be, that bargain price, worthless. Titanium Logistics. On time, on budget. Call 905-266-3014. Ask for Blair Downey. 
At 20,000 square feet, Steel's Paint and Woodbridge is Canada's largest independent paint store. Big deal, right? Big deal? Yes. The best brands, the best staff, the best advice, the best of everything. From color matching to brand selection, whether you're a pro or a DIYer, we'll look after you from the minute you walk in to the minute you walk in a second time as a completely satisfied customer. Big store, big deal, bigger satisfaction. Simple. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge. Bridge. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Vaughn. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada, and the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com, or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. They never argue sports. They just explain while they're always correct. The boys are back. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto. In the house with us, spirited discussion this morning, uh, Butch Carter and Lou Franceschetti. Butch, uh, you were about to make a comment right at the end of that break. Go ahead. Well, just the we made a comment on your show years ago that I said where whoever made the business decision to let two teams go off on the same end was eventually going to end up being a problem, right? Lou, would you have two playoff teams go through the same tunnel on at the end of a period? No, or to come, there's, no. there's no way, no. right? Because you no. and you, the point there is well, there, it was inevitable that Drake was going to get in an issue. Okay, yeah, right. If Cleveland was going off the other end. There wouldn't have been an issue. There would not. There no. wouldn't have been an issue. All right. For whatever reason, they stopped that principle of, of the uh, visiting team going off on their end and crossing. But when you get in the heated situations where you have a true rivalry, and you and you got a knucklehead like Perkins, all right, there is nothing Drake is saying to offend anyone because he's spending time with those guys away from the court. So you know he has enough leeway with them, but. You know, you're you're asking for a problem from whoever made that business decision when you send them off at the same end. Absolutely. Anyways, it's time for our Pizzaville contest. $50 Pizzaville gift coupon uh, uh, from the good people at Pizzaville. Uh, you want to check them out. They have a fantastic app on your, on your iPhone or your Google Android uh, or your whatever other smartphone you have. You can... Go on the app. You can order it. It's ready for you when you pick it up or deliver it. So give us a call, 416-360-0740. Once again, the numbers, 416-360-0740. Anyways, uh, guys, let's let's. Uh, there's another team that uh, didn't accomplish what we thought it was going to accomplish in the uh, in the playoffs, and they made a significant move this week. Naz, Lou Lamorello uh, appears to have been bumped upstairs. He's no longer the general manager. Uh, it was announced that he had come to the end of his his original contract was three years. The three years were up. The original contract apparently he was supposed to stay on four years as a senior hockey advisor, and that's what he's doing. Um, a lot of people aren't happy with this move. Well, he he, he signed a three year contract, and Shannon's doing exactly what he said he was going to do: sign him for three years, and then 
move on to a senior position with the team. Uh, I don't blame Shannon. He had to move because uh, Dubas, uh, he uh, sought permission from uh, Colorado to talk to him. So I think that was in the cards for a while, Wally. Lou, how do you react to, uh, you know, the by all, uh, by all measures, the Lou Lamorello era in Toronto, not that he's leaving, he's still around as a senior hockey advisor, and that's raised the whole controversy about who the next general manager is going to be. Is it going to be Mark Hunter? Is it going to be Kyle Dubas? Is it going to be Steve Eiserman? Uh, uh, whatever other gentleman Naz may th- throw into the mix. Uh, but uh, um, positive, negative, how are you seeing this move, uh, Lou, that uh, move, having Lou move on? And we don't – I would have thought uh, – when the announcement was made that they would have been they would have been ready with the announcement who the new general manager is i'm a little bit sh- a little bit surprised that they couldn't have made uh, that there's been this daylight in those two announcements so that this speculation is running rampant well i think that uh, with signing Lou to a 3 year deal that uh, he was going to give enough leadership to uh, dubas and uh, mark hunter in the term that he was here i know he's got four more years right now as a senior advisor uh, it's going to be a situation where does Toronto, are they afraid to lose Dubas and Mark Hunter to another team? And if I would leave, so I'd be seriously thinking about that. I'm not sure about Dubas because he's still a young kid. He's an analytical kid. Uh, he's 32 a, years old. He's 32. Is that, young, does that young. put him in the kid category? Yeah, he's still a kid. Okay. Does he have By our standards. Does he have any, <laughs> does he have any facial hair? Uh, he's done a great job with the Marlies with, with that team. Uh, the guy that I'd be worried about losing is Mark Hunter. Here's a kid. That, well, a kid. Uh, here's, here's a guy that's more or less uh, picked up that London franchise from, from the scrap heap and put it uh, as the top I'd say top five franchises in all of junior hockey. Um, a great knowledge of the players. He knows exactly what kind of players that uh, that it's going to take to play in the National Hockey League. And you can take a look at the last three or four drafts. I think it's uh, it's got Marks Hunter's uh, fingertips all over it. Ness, where do you see? Where do you first of all your reaction to uh, Lou Lamorello uh, being bumped upstairs, uh, for lack of a better term, and. Uh, Who's going to be the new GM, and why not just make that announcement? Why not just make that decision and have the announcement because at the I really same time? Don't, I don't think Shanahan knows right now. I really don't. I mean, he wanted, he's, you don't think you, you figure? Then why make the Lou Lamorello announcement you know, you until up, you figured you, you it out? You brought up a point of Steve Eiserman, and why, I don't know why you did that, but that was a good point. Because it was reported. Yeah. And I think it's crazy because that's Shannon, what the Toronto media like does. They come up with these going, crazy going after reports. The big thing to do, right? And yeah. signing Dubas or Hunter is not the big thing, but signing Eiserman. That's a big thing. Or going after Tavares this summer. Well, Shanahan and Iserman have the connection, right? And now, whether, yeah. whether I mean, I, I thought this, I, you know, at this time of year, I mean, obviously, that, and that's what happens when you don't make the announcements at the same time. You create this speculation, right? And, you know, you know the way the Toronto sports media are. You, you give them something to hunt, hunt down or make up, and they certainly will. So, you know, I, I saw that on somebody's Twitter account. I can't remember whose it was. Uh, that uh, uh, John uh, Iserman may be uh, name is being thrown around, but that's who knows who what, what other names are going to be thrown around. Uh, I doubt Brian Burke's name. I doubt Berkey's coming back. But uh, Butch uh, Lamorello, uh, your thoughts on him being pushed upstairs, and your thoughts on them just not making a decision on their general manager? Well, Lou might have forced the issue because you know he may have another opportunity, and you know he went. 
he went to, and said, hey, look, you know, this is what I've got. And he said, hey, I'm going to stick to my original deal, which, you know, again, um, a senior advisor similar to, you know, what MLSC has on the basketball side um, with Wayne Embry. So, you know, that's, in my mind, it's not unusual. The risks are twofold. The analytics guy, uh, I think, is very good. The problem with the analytics guy for team sports is that he can tell you the result of something happening, but he can't give the coach a drill to help get it there. Because he's never played. That's correct. So it, it is a risk. I think the reality is, can he and Hunter uh, coexist together? Um, I think Hunter's situation in London is unique. He and his brother go in. They're hockey guys. They're running a franchise against a bunch of rich guys who don't know hockey. So they had all of the internal uh, from the ground up, from drafting players, understanding you know if a player has heart or not, the things that they're used to measuring. Um, still, I don't understand. I still say MLSC on the hockey side screwed up by not going backward another year because clearly they need a defenseman, at least one and maybe two, and they weren't able to draft high enough to get who they want. Lou did an outstanding job in moving the pieces. Um, that contract he moved to Ottawa is still <laughs> – you know, one of the greatest trades, I believe, from the worst contract to, you know, what he did in, in what he moved off the books. So to lose him as an advisor, I think, um, is not good because he has he has uh, name equity with the other GMs, Lou does. And uh, having him in the organization, I, I think, you know, would be good because he can talk to guys. Um, there's no way Hunter or... Uh, the analytics guy will have that kind of equity, you know, with the other general managers. But uh, I think Lou probably forced his hand and he said, hey, I got to pull the trigger now. And then in this market, that leads to, you know, the the speculation. But most of the speculation is irrelevant. I don't I think the pieces are good upstairs. I think the pieces actually upstairs are great. And I just think the issue at the end of the day is they're short on talent on the defensive zone. And those are the headaches we're going to see from for the couple next couple of years. I can't, uh, Naz. I can't see. I can't see Dubas. Uh, if he is the general manager, I can't see Hunter working for him. It, that doesn't make any sense to me. No. Uh, I mean, you know, is is a, is is because it seems like up until this time, Mark Hunter has been a little bit higher in the pecking order than Kyle Dubas. That may be a function of his seniority, but for a fifty-five-year-old, uh, even if they were. Even if in the pecking order they were equal, uh, or if Hunter was considered higher in the pecking order than Dubas, to raise Dubas above him and for Hunter to stick around, I just can't see that happening. So the Uh, issue is, do you make Hunter the general manager, and does Dubas, or do you go outside? No, I don't think Hunter wants it, really, to tell you the truth. If you you heard him back a year and a half ago or two years ago, he said that he does not want to be the general manager. He's... Content scouting. Yeah, but people say that. Yeah, but they yeah, say but that. You know kind what? He's got a situation in London he can deal with at the same time. I don't think so. I think the guy is going to come from the outside. It has to happen that way. Any, uh, uh, I mean, the 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 Eiserman rumor is just it's a, it's completely from Mars. So I, I'm not putting any any substance in that, Naz. But uh, any prospects on the horizon that you can uh, envision that might be in might be in the talk? There's that is our buddy from L.A. Mike Fuda. No, he's gone through the uh, process. I don't think he'll be back either. No? No. He wouldn't, uh, no, no, I don't no think consideration? They, I don't think they would consider him. Ron Francis? Possibly. No. No? 
Okay, uh, Lou. You know what? I, you I, got I, ten seconds. I think the Leafs have a bigger problem with uh, with Austin Matthews' uh, spat with. Uh, oh, with that! Babcock. I'll get over that. Don't worry about that. We'll They're going to get over it. Don't worry. You think Butch, so? Okay. Five seconds. Last word. I think there's an issue with Matthews. Naz, I agree. Oh my God, I'm in the minority. Anyways, we're out of time, as Bob McCown says. Time <laughs> Welcome to the club. <laughs> <laughs> as Bob McCown says, time is our enemy. So uh, it's been another great week on the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. Lou, thanks so much for joining us. It's been a spirited discussion. Uh, Butch, thanks so much for joining us, and uh, uh, certainly uh, you educated us about what uh, what's going on with the Raptors. Naz, we'll be back again next Sunday morning. Have a fantastic week. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.